Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and you are up to date with the changing circumstances all over the sports world. It only gets bigger and better as the pandemic gives way to actual activation and business deals. So business deals three to one. Three. The Premier League race coming down to the wire, a month left to play. Anyone's for the taking. The top four positions in the table took a place in the Champions League for next season, while the fifth and sixth position teams play in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. Leicester City winning the Premier League title in 2016. Show that a well-run club with a smaller budget, an exciting manager, can still win. Newcastle today has the wealthiest owners in the sport. West Ham, Brighton, Wolves, etc. continue to hold momentum. Looks to be arsenals for the taking in an ever-changing philosophical game. Requires strategy and constant changes. Seems to be playing in their favor. Of course, Tottenham and Man U, despite their massive fall from grace, are still desperately chasing that Champions League berth. Arsenal's last Champions League qualification came in the back of finishing as runner-up behind Leicester City in 2015-16. By the way, same year Cubs won the World Series. How about that? Two. Minnesota poll says that voters there want sports betting. And in a landslide, nearly two-thirds of Minnesotans want registered and regulated sports betting in their state. Survey USA conducted the survey, and they queried 556 registered voters in Minnesota. 64% support current sports wagering legislation before various committees in the state's House. 17% of those polled are against, 19% undecided. Minnesota shares borders with Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin, and each of them are live and legal with sports betting, and so, obviously, there's competition. 21 tribal casinos in the state, and under the terms of the bill, State would gain no financial benefit from sports bets placed at tribal casinos. Those operators would keep 5% of the handle generated on mobile devices. We'll have to see if that works. Deal-making issue number two. One. We'll go to Kansas. Legal wagering not available now. The wheat state, sooner rather than later, will get it. 2022, seeing efforts to fully launch sports wagering in the state. When Kansas does launch, anyone of legal betting age can place bets directly from their mobile devices or computers, and plenty of different sports betting sites should become available. Caesar Sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook, DraftKings, BetMGM, Barstool, BetRivers, others. Sports betting in Kansas still needs Senate approval and a signature from the governor. Looks like it's going to happen. The future looking bright for sports betting in Kansas, 2022. Major steps toward full legalization. Both Missouri and Kansas got the ball rolling in 2022, meaning they're likely to legalize sooner than later. After being pulled by the House for more amendments, Sports Wagering Bill 84 approved on April 4, 2022. Look for Missouri. Well, we'll cover Missouri in a few minutes, but who's at the center of this? The pro sports franchises in the state. And who's at the center of the pro sports franchises? Well, 
Kansas City Chiefs site is Missouri, but to be sure, they are rabid Chief fans in Kansas as well. And look at the NFL itself, a $3.48 billion average franchise, according to Forbes, 14% biggest gain in five years, even after the pandemic. The Chiefs, 22, don't hold a bake sale for them. They're uh, less uh, uh, worth, according to Forbes, slightly less than $3 billion. 17% 17% increase in a $9 million net income. Uh, not only regional fan base, but driven to national prominence by the Hunt family and their president and friend Mark Donovan. Set records for quarterbacking at Brown University, free agent for the Giants. Thankfully, he didn't catch on, so he went to the front office and after uh, Eagles and Saints uh, and NHL in reverse order. He becomes the fifth president in Kansas City Chiefs history in January 2011, representing 11 incredibly productive years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark Donovan gives us some perspective heading into the NFL draft, by the way, and tells us some things that will continue to monetize hope for the Chiefs and for the NFL. Here's Mark Donovan. Kansas City Chiefs icon, president of the Chiefs, good friend, really good friend, Mark Donovan. Thanks, Rick. It's good to be here. Thank you for doing this. So, look, you've had an incredible history, and just to begin to talk about it, is the 24th season in the NFL? Is that correct? Uh, Close, yeah. It's got to be 22, 23. Yeah, well, somebody, I mean, put these numbers together, and it's real. 11 with the Chiefs, fifth president of Chiefs history. Uh, the uh, 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 but get the titles. This would be a business ops for the Eagles, two hundred three to eight, ninety nine to 03. Sales and marketing for the Saints, ninety seven ninety nine. Going backwards, director of sales and marketing for the NHL. Uh, you know, you've got an incredible, diverse experience. Had a lot of great opportunities and a lot of good people um, who sort of guided me along the way. But it's been great to work uh, in a bunch of different leagues um, yeah. and also to work in two big franchises in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the commonalities between all of that, would you say? A lot of similarities and a lot of differences. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about working at the NHL, working at the NFL, um, a lot of differences, yeah. you know, especially when I was there. It was just as the NHL was sort of taking off and Gary was making the changes he was uh, hired to make. And um, it was fun to be there, and it was aggressive, and it was we did a lot. Um, and then the NFL, you know, is sort of the era of Roger sort of coming in to his role and fewer deeper and changing the model. Um, and that sort of changes the model in sports. Um, and then working for two different franchises, Philly, big market um, ownership with Jeffrey and Christina was uh, just a great learning experience. Sure was. Um, and then to go from there to work for the Hunt family is pretty re- impressive. Yeah. And when you think about all of that, the process to me sounds like, again, commonalities. The titles are interesting. I'm not sure you did the same thing all the time, but but marketing, sales, business development, there's a lot of common processes in that. Yeah, a lot of fundamentals that are the same. Um, A lot of processes I learned in different places I brought to the new places. And, um, you know, especially going from the league where you're sort of siloed in your role, to go work for a club and be the exact opposite. Uh, that was a great learning experience in Philly. 
working with Don Smolinski, working yeah. with Joe Banner and that crew, um, and then to do it on a different level with uh, the Chiefs. So January 2011 was the uh, president's announcement yeah. for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So you've been there for a long time. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And a long-term contract that's just been recently. Yeah, Yeah, very fortunate to work for a family that uh, – rewards loyalty and is, are loyal um, and you know they're great ownership families in all sports but the Hunt family um, in my opinion are right at the top of that list. Did you think when you were struggling to be a free agent in the <laughs> New York Giants camp as the guy who by the way set all quarterback records at Brown <laughs> did you even think that you'd be where you are today in that position? You know, I always hoped that I'd work somehow, some way in football. Yeah. It, it was just such a part of my life, and I learned so much from it, and I gained so much from it. Um, it wasn't as much giving back to the sport as just yeah. wanting to be a part of it. Um, so to finally end up after a couple different tracks to end up at the league office was, I thought I was done. I thought that's where I'd just stay. And then the opportunity came up in Philly, and that was just exciting and educational and um, competitive, and, and I just learned a ton there. And then to be able to take that knowledge and then go do it in Kansas City and really be part of that resurgence has been really, um, it's been fun. If I asked you what the biggest difference when you entered the league office versus today is, that's too general a question, but I'll ask it anyway. Yeah, tough to say. You know, I think when we were there, we were probably more siloed than they are now. Yeah. I think they've done a really good job of sort of spreading that out. It's just such a huge animal. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I like about being on the club side is um, while we're enormous in our brand, in our region, um, it's still, you know, you, you get to work a little bit closer with people across all different areas, where the leagues, both NHL and NFL, um, they tend to be a little bit more siloed and, you know, do your job, stay in your lane. The interesting thing about the Forbes valuation stuff that mm -hmm. everybody eschews unless on the high side. And then the high side, then they embrace, right? Yeah, right. But $3.5 billion and a... 14% um, increase in, in value and a 20% decrease in revenue because of COVID, uh, but about uh, $381 million in, in revenue annually. Again, general, nobody knows. You can extrapolate from Packers, but mm -hmm. that's a lot of money and a lot of consistency and momentum after a pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility to be um, one of the people in charge of this massive brand. And we're really proud of what we do. Uh, we're really proud of Arrowhead and yeah. what it is and the experience that we provide there that's unique. Um, but probably from a business standpoint, most proud of the fact that we, we clearly over-index for our market yeah. size. You know, when you're a smaller yeah. market, um, to be able to compete with the big boys on just about every front, um, that's really what we strive for. Um, and it's hard, um, but it uh, gives you something to shoot for every day. And again, the Forbes breakdown of teams, which is even worse. But you're kind of right in the middle. Uh, and as you just said, and you're in the middle with their projected revenue. We're not going to ask whether you embrace it or not. But mm -hmm. kind of right in the middle, which is what you just said. But your market is geographically larger. It's much more passionate. Mm -hmm. And when I saw you last, I had nightmares of that red and yellow for five, six months. I couldn't control yeah. myself. And that's what happens in your market, success or not. Obviously, you're successful. Yeah, that's a very valid point. You know, I've been... I've been in Kansas City for two and fourteen, and yeah. um, four and twelve, and I've been in Kansas City for thirteen and two, and Super Bowl championship. So I've seen both ends, and the the fan passion stays the same no matter what, and we're, we're fortunate for that. 
Um, but it's our job to continue to grow that, and we're, we're able to do that not only by getting more geographically uh, expansive, because you're right, we do have a huge market size, but we have a really small population yeah. in comparison. Yeah. Um, and corporate and, size, where would you put the corporate uh, support uh, and capacity? Yeah, it, it's there? not huge. I mean, when you think about Fortune 500 companies, I think we have two. Um, hmm. So yeah. it's difficult from that standpoint, yeah. but that's offset a little bit with passion. It's offset a little bit with the relationships we've been able to build and develop. Uh, at the local level and the regional level. And now, with the opportunity the league has created internationally, we're yeah. going to go aggressively after that because we think that's a real opportunity for us. What markets are you targeting internationally? Yeah, so we'll be in Germany and Mexico. And the Germany-Munich game will be very important to you. Yeah, very important to us. We have a great relationship with Bayern Munich that yeah, was pre-existing, and, um, and they've really helped us along the process. And we hope to be there playing a regular season game soon. Were you given the assignments of who you would pair up with internationally, or did you kind of ask for No, them? no. So from a, like companies and teams in the, in the um, markets, uh, Clark and Dan, his brother, mm -hmm. with their MLS franchise, they have an existing relationship right, right. on the soccer yeah. side with Bayern. So it was us on the Chiefs side who were going to them and leveraging right. that to develop the relationship. And we think that's going to pay huge dividends. We, we're going to be extremely aggressive, and we have very high goals in Germany. In Mexico, um, look, we're, we're probably the 20th largest or from a brand standpoint, NFL brand yeah, in right. Mexico. So our target's a little bit lower than top of the market, but we're going to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more innovative there. I'm actually excited to see what we can, can do. Can you get uh, Pat Mahomes to speak Spanish? <laughs> well, you know he's from Texas, so. That's not it's, enough. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm sure he's got some You Hispanic can't say background. it's close enough yeah, so to speak yeah. Spanish. No, we, uh, we're fortunate that we've got uh, Tony Gonzalez and a yeah, couple well, other guys yeah. in our background yeah, that of course we can call do. upon. Yeah. Of course you do. So, uh, let's, and, and the other legacy that you guys have, which I'm sure everybody understands, but maybe not everybody there, is that your franchise has been family-owned uh, in that community, basically, f forever. There's a lot of transfer from a lot of owners to a lot of owners in most all communities, yeah. except for yours. That has to count. It absolutely counts. And I think there's a... Kansas City is an authentic town. Yeah. You have to be authentic to survive there and to thrive. And Lamar moved the team there from Texas, which is a big move. And I think Kansas City embraced him from yeah. day one. And today uh, we see that even um, through their passion. And uh, I don't know that anybody is still, I guess they are still alive, that remembers the uh, Dallas Texans. It's oh, yeah. uh, history, but that's not... Dallas's team, it's Kansas City's team, and you've embraced it, you know, quite successfully. Yeah. Let's talk about gaming. Uh, you know, that, that's become something where, again, on the stadium stump, if, if I were told by Commissioner Tagliabue, go do all those stadiums, and by the way, you can't touch casino gaming, you can't touch Indian land, if you dare touch sponsorships or, or uh, Indian spot or lottery, we're going to fire you. Yeah. So now, if you don't cover all of those, you're, you're leaving money on the table. In your foggiest dreams, would you have thought this all would have happened so quickly because of one basic Supreme Court decision? Um, hard to project that that uh, Supreme Court decision was going to happen. But when it happened, immediately you can project it, right? Yeah. Because it just is what it is and it's that powerful. It's also been a very interesting um, experience. So we talk a lot about you know, what do you do every day? Yeah. What's your job as president of, the, of an NFL franchise? And... You know, part of my job now is understanding state legislation. Right. How do we get legalized sports betting passed in the state of Missouri? Are you turning into a lobbyist? Is uh, that correct? I've, I've, I've learned that I don't want to be in politics. I can tell you that. Oh, I could have told yeah. you that earlier. I mean, yeah. you and I have had First these conversations hand. a long time ago, right? <laughs> but you seem to be successful. And would you, without putting words in Missouri legislators' mouth, mm. mouth 
if gaming is creating over a billion dollars every three weeks in New York and yeah. Illinois and Pennsylvania, it is a matter of time? Absolutely. And I think they, without putting words in people's mouth, yeah. it's just the reality is we've got to figure it out. Yeah. And Missouri has to figure it out. And it's good for the state. All right. So tell me how quickly there will be uh, in-facility uh, betting uh, all over the country, not just in Capital One Arena and Chase Field and Oof. all that. 24 months. I mean, I okay. would not be surprised by that. Um, yeah. When you think about our two states with Missouri and Kansas, um, we're sort of behind everyone yeah. else. And in the legislatures that we talk to, we hear it. Like, how yeah. are, we're losing right now to yeah. Iowa. We're losing right now to Illinois. We're losing right now. And, and it's sitting there with yeah. a really proven way to do it safely uh, and securely. And um, I, I believe that we're going to get something done in Missouri relatively soon. Yeah. And I think Kansas is going to follow really quickly. Well, I remember Mark Donovan's early history, you know, he went to Brown, he was a big-time Ivy League quarterback, and if I'm sitting there and I'm on the, in the legislature and I see this three-piece suit, a 6'8 dapper guy, saying, we're going to lose money to Iowa, it's a done deal, it's over. You're the <laughs> <When's> best. <laughs> I, just, I just grew like four and a half inches, by the way. That's yeah, look, awesome. Uh, take me anywhere. When's the legislative <laughs> session? Is it going to happen this year? I hope so. Yeah, yeah we're uh, we're knee deep in it right now. Right. Um, I was in supposed to be in Jeff City last week. I'm going hopefully in the next week. So we're we're knee deep in it. So we expect to make some progress. And you know, it it takes a lot. It takes a lot of commitment from the legislators. We're gonna do everything we can to support them, and hopefully we get it done. So the the other piece of this is that uh, I uh, you know we have a club that I was kind of mocking with friends who have been in the industry who are the presidents, your president's clubs. You are a business guy, very clearly a business guy. You also played football. Do, do you ever yeah. resist, you resist, are you ever tempted to go over to the general manager and say, by the way, you ought to pick this player instead of this player or that player or that player? You know, I've been in the business long enough and been able to be in a lot of those rooms to understand that there's a reason they do their jobs and the amount of work that goes into those decisions. I actually think one of the reasons I've been successful doing what I do is the amount of respect that I have for them. Yeah. Um, I've seen that happen. I've seen people less experienced than I go in and say, why are we not doing this? And, you know, to me, that's, that is really, um, that's detrimental to the entire culture. Because, yeah. you know, you're not trusting, you, you think you, you know more, and these guys are, and, and women, they're working every single day all year long to hopefully get one day right, right? right? And right. then they're gonna, hour, in the meantime, right, right one hour. Yeah. And then yeah. in, in the meantime, they're trying to figure that out on the free agent side as well, and then they're trying to figure out what to do next. So I, um, I have a lot of respect for those guys, and my job is to support them. Yes, it is, and your job is to run the business operation as a tight ship, as you do. Uh, final, um, what's the biggest challenge you have today? You know, I think for us, um, the biggest challenge would be the biggest opportunities, and those are, this international growth opportunity right. that we have in front of us. And then what's the next chapter for Arrowhead? What's the stadium? What is the best possible um, outcome for our fans and for our business? Uh, Geha Field, how long is that deal? G-E-H-A. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I thought right. it was G-E-H-A uh, Field. I apologize. Yep. We're going to mention it a couple more times, which means that's two more impressions, which means <laughs> this is more valuable, too. So that's so the, <laughs> so the, the, the two things I will say G -H -A. about G-E-H-A is that, um, as you know, it is not easy to put a name on a building. No. Um, but we were really focused on putting a name on a building with a company that's authentic to Kansas City. Yeah. And one of the largest employers in Kansas City that nobody really knew about. The story behind the company is true Kansas City. Just everything that makes Kansas City special is what GEHA uh, started from. And we have that deal for the rest of the le this lease. Well, as an aside, so long term. Yeah. Uh, as an aside, 
I found when I was working with you in Kansas City that it's a, it's a, to change the Arrowhead name or to add to it add would to be it. a very difficult add to it yeah. would be a very difficult thing, especially if you brought in an out of towner to do it. So I'm yeah. sure it was done with great care. And there are a lot of opportunities to do just that, and we just said no, that's not how we're going to do right. this. So. Five years from now, are we running the Chiefs? Are we running another team? Are we playing golf together? What are we Oof, doing? Well, we're definitely playing golf. Right, and so thing. I don't yeah. know where we're playing, but right, we're definitely we're playing, playing golf. Right, yeah. what, and are we still running the Chiefs or playing? I hope so. You know, I work for a family that um, would give me that opportunity, I believe, based yeah. on the performance. Um, but you never know. Who, who knows which way we go? That's a great answer for someone who just signed a long-term contract, by the way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And I will say this, that of all of the general managers and uh, presidents, and I don't say this to all the folks, and you know this, he is the most uh, grounded, humble, diverse, intelligent, experienced friend in the business that I have. Now, saying that, I don't have a whole lot of friends. Mark Donovan, thank you very much. Really thank appreciate you. it. Good to, just, good to spend time with you. Appreciate it. Well, Mark gives us some normal and to-be-expected and incredible perspective, not only with the Chiefs, but everybody in the NFL, gaming and otherwise. Speaking of gaming, just coming out of Kansas's issues, and Mark, how about this, our Sports Gaming Minute? Why not? Missouri sports betting takes another step forward. A public hearing held two weeks ago in the Missouri Senate Appropriations Committee passed the bill out of committee. 8 to 1. The bill, sponsored by one representative, allows for 39 separate sportsbook skins distributed amongst the state's 13 casinos and six professional sports organizations. Senate substitute bill prepared for the Senate floor before the vote is taken, and it's a work in progress. Sites are set on raising Missouri's proposed sports betting tax rate, 8% now, one of the lowest in the country. He said that more problem gaming language would be included, and the bill approved by Missouri House in a late March vote. 115 to 33, they certainly want the money. Kansas Jayhawks win the national championship. Kansas and their move right next door. It all lines up. And that's your sports gaming minute. How about your sports tech minute? Atlanta Hawks, Microsoft team up to create content, STEM programming in underserved communities. They've partnered with Microsoft to create the content and the agreement includes Microsoft-owned Xbox brand harnessing sports, technology, and gaming to garner interest and offer educational opportunities. And along with the Hawks, they collaborate on creating STEM and basketball-themed camps as part of their NBA Community Court Summer Tour. The Microsoft opportunity came after the 1996 Paralympics to promote adaptive sports, and Xbox right in the middle of it, to not only provide education, but a fun environment as well. Finally, as we do always, your good sports philanthropic opportunities after the pandemic. Wisconsin launches a dedicated NIL marketplace for student-athletes, a step in this process to allow the 75,000 athletes to be involved in this process using the Open Doors platform. Seawolves Erie Sports Center partnered together to promote local youth baseball. The Seawolves are the pinnacle of baseball in Erie, excited to tap into their expertise, not only in major leagues, but obviously minor leagues as well. Rockies' Charlie Blackman becomes the first active MLB player to endorse a sportsbook, Maxim Bet, and he 
paves the way for other players. Players can be declared, quote, permanently ineligible if they've found to bet on a game which they are involved, so there's some work to do to make sure carving out what the rules specifically are. The OHSAA, the Ontario Hockey, the excuse me, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, talks about receiving benefits for name, image, and likeness, changing their rules. The proposal receiving negative reviews from athletic directors and coaches, but it's something that all states will have to deal with. And finally, Hooters signs two-time major winner John Daly and John Daly 2 to endorsement deals. They'll participate in Hooters marketing activities and promoting the brand through social media as part of their deals. It's hard to imagine a philanthropic sports good sports minute that ends with John Daly, but yet there's philanthropy and there's charity involved as well. We'd like to thank Mark Donovan for lending his expertise right before the NFL draft. We'd like to thank Nick Nielsen for helping to put this show together. We'd like to thank the folks for distributing it, as always. And join us next week when we bring in another major sports figure in the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'd like to thank you for listening and watching. Rick Harrow, sports professor, see you next time.